Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you on Friday, January the 23rd. This week we are unashamedly British as we're going to discuss the National Health Service. You may be aware there is an election coming up on May the 7th to be precise and in this week's issue there are two important items that look at where the National Health Service is, where it could be going, and what role or not politicians are playing. Earlier, I was joined by my colleague, Dr. Bill Summerskill, to discuss the main editorial in this week's issue, which is asking us to go beyond the political rhetoric around the National Health Service. How do you summarise where the politicians are at the moment when it comes to looking at the NHS strategically? Perhaps not surprisingly, Richard, the emphasis seems to be on the election not the NHS. Disappointingly, the NHS just becomes an object on which to exert the usual reflexive political levers. I think by publishing this editorial, what the Lancet really wants to do is to get people to focus on the nature of the NHS, the real value that it offers all of us who use it, and the real challenges that it faces. Instead, we're getting a debate that's focusing on the lowest common denominator, which at the moment is determined by waiting times. So I'd say let's raise the horizon. Let's think about future generations and try to have this debate as one that is positive, uh, that it's ambitious, that it looks at people's aspirations rather than just exploiting their fears. Yes, indeed. And the editorial is also optimistic, as, as you've just hinted at there, particularly in reference to the, the five-year plan for the NHS that was published last autumn. What possible changes could happen to the NHS in the next five years, do you think, if, if the right kind of positive approach was taken? Well, I think we've seen a convergence of thinking about the NHS. We've had a, you know, a frankly disastrous 20 or so years in which the system has been fragmented and it's really set trusts against one another, looking at the commercial aspects of contracts and possibly losing sight of where the patient is within that system. From the five-year forward view, from the Dalton Review published last week, from the uh, Royal College of Emergency Medicine Step Plan published last autumn, everyone seems to be talking about integration. So time to integrate the system rather than further fragmentation. So I think that integration can be quite exciting. It can move primary and secondary care closer. It can break down the tribal boundaries that we referred to in an editorial last autumn. And it also realizes that integration goes beyond the service that's provided by doctors or by nurses, and public health has to be uh, an important part of that and really needs some overdue strengthening. I guess the third possibility for the next five years is that clinical leadership is coming of age. We've seen what a, a splendid job was done by clinicians like Sir Ian Gilmore on the topic of alcohol. And we need that kind of wisdom coupled with clinical experience to actually speak out and help to inform the political process on the NHS. Indeed. And just extending that integration theme, theme further, I mean, pr presumably, um you know, the solutions, and it's 
all very well to sit here and just try and come up with solutions. I know a lot of a lot of very learned people have been trying to do this for years, but we can't just look at the NHS in isolation or how it organises itself or streamlining within the NHS, important though that is, because clearly there are fundamental issues, particularly social care, a real perception of a decrease or patchy or at worst non-existent social care, which is putting particularly old, elderly people who are increasingly populous either into hospital when they might not needed to have gone there if there'd been better community provision and also means that they are frankly not getting out of hospital but they can't be discharged so that's causing a massive pressure on the NHS so surely the bigger picture means looking at other important related aspects like social care as well. Absolutely and that's why it's so frustrating that despite efforts over many years to better integrate social and medical care the system remains disjointed in this respect and that's that's to the detriment of patients. As you said, the most recent consequences, the ones that have been hitting the headlines, have been the result of exit block, where it exacerbates delays in the accident emergency departments because a patient can't be admitted to a ward because patients on the wards who no longer require hospital care can't be transferred onward because of a lack of resources at their intended destination. I think last year that was thought to have delayed about half a million discharges. Whether, you know, to what extent this plays into the fact that we've seen social care budgets decrease in the last year despite an aging population, uh, I, I wouldn't want to speculate, but there's certainly a problem there. Interesting that in one of today's newspapers for the Guardian ICM a poll, it puts the NHS as the most important policy issue in the run-up to the election. So I'm not sure we would have envisaged that maybe a year ago. But anyway, according to that poll, the future of the health service is right there for voters certainly people interviewed by ICM for The Guardian anyway. So where do you think that leaves us in terms of what the politicians need to do? I saw that poll, I think what was it, about 31%. So that was the number one issue, way out in front. And our editorial, in fact, uh, which went to press before this poll came out, made the point that voters have been ahead of politicians on the NHS. And the NHS has been creeping up each week since the autumn. It's frankly bewildering that uh, the Conservatives don't even have health on their platform. It's not on the website. And similarly, you know, we haven't seen a detailed, coherent offering for health from the Labour Party either. I guess the aim of this week's editorial is, is to point out the importance of health in the political debate and to try to stimulate deeper thought about the future of the NHS. Absolutely. And just a final thought. I don't know whether... There is an answer to this, but I mean the UK is rightly proud of its National Health Service, which is over over 60 years of age. Can we draw on the experience of any other countries looking at the international arena? Because ultimately this is about universal health coverage, which of course we're, we, we, we're proud of it in the United Kingdom and many other countries, as we documented in the Lancet, are on this path towards UHC. Can the NHS draw on any lessons uh, internationally? It can, Richard, and I think that's, that's such an important point, both both drawing on lessons and informing other countries. As you point out, universal health coverage is something very, very special. It's very precious. What would be very sad would be if in this debate people somehow take the NHS for granted and they forget that many countries around the world actually aspire to the ideal of a health system that doesn't impoverish those who run well, but rather you get care free at the point of need and it's financed by general taxation. I mean, just uh, just yesterday in his State of the Union address, 
U.S. President Barack Obama was celebrating the fact that another 10 million Americans now have health insurance. Health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, Absolutely. So, that, you know, the U.S. is actually moving to widen health coverage. But in every single country that's achieved UHC, the challenge is sustainability, whether it's a mature system like that in Japan, which I think we can learn a lot from, particularly as you mentioned earlier, the integration of social care for aging populations, or whether it's a system in an evolving country like Thailand that each year seeks to expand the amount of services that are provided. So, you know, the challenges faced by the NHS are not unique. I would like to believe that with a focused debate during the upcoming election, they can be addressed. Well, hear, hear to that. Many thanks to Bill Somersgill. See you next time.